Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Dr. Siobhan Chidley, who's a GP in Kildare, is with me for today's Ask the GP. Siobhan, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, listen, appreciate you, you, you coming in and joining us today. Uh, lots of listeners have been getting in touch with me since we mentioned you were going to be in a little earlier. Uh, this listener says, I have what I think is a pile which bleeds quite badly and has done since last week. Um, it's since stopped, but I feel there's a lot of pressure in my lower back. I'm wondering, will I need to go and see the GP or what should I do? Uh, definitely you'd need to go and see the GP. I mean, bright red painless bleeding tends to be a pile and tends to resolve itself, but it's important to go to the GP to make sure that it is in fact a pile and whether it needs treatment or not. Okay, so straight to the GP. I would point, go to yeah. the GP, yes. Um, another listener has got in touch, Siobhan. My saliva is thickening at the back of my throat quite continuously. It's making me cough and spit an awful lot. Swallowing quite difficult as well. Any advice? Does the listener say what age they are? No, they don't actually. It's difficult to know. I mean, obviously things like that change with the age. Have they been sick before? Do they have allergies? Have they got any other symptoms? Are they losing weight? Are they battling to swallow? I think that's quite a sort of a general question and probably it needs to be teased out a little more with the GP, I would think. It's difficult to say. I mean, most likely it's an allergy and something like that is going on and an antihistamine might Mm. work, but you wouldn't to say that that is definitely what's causing yeah. the problem. Is it a visit to the GP or the dentist? It's, I would go to the GP first, to be honest. Yeah, saliva thickening and it's causing problems swallowing. I would say it's a GP first. If she's got no other or he, I don't even know what gender the person is. It's important to make sure exactly what's causing the problem. Okay. You know, allergies are usually a cause in a post-nasal drip and it's often nothing to worry about. Yeah. But you'd like to make sure that it isn't. Absolutely. Something to worry yeah, about. Absolutely. Um, 087-1400-106. That's the WhatsApp number if you want to get in touch. Uh, this listener says, I'm desperate for advice. I have memory loss, brain fog, feeling quite anxious, no real interest in doing things at the moment. It's been suggested that it could be menopause related, but I'm 70, so I'm long past the stage I- I'd have thought. I have had scans. I've got the all clear. Could you please ask the doctor if they have any thoughts? That's a very interesting yeah. one. And I think a lot of a lot of people later in life might have that sort of symptom. And it's very worrying for people, I think. I'm not sure who mentioned menopause. Obviously, in the younger age group, a menopause could be an issue with that. But 70, is it a new onset? Are there other symptoms? When she says she's had scans, I'm not exactly sure which scans she's talking about. And has she mentioned this to her GP? The more concerning thing I'm thinking there is the anxiety and the no real interest in things. So I'd be asking a question, has anything changed in this listener's life? You know, is there any anything, you know, any deaths in the family, anything that's changed lifestyle wise? Is she still getting out? Are there any changes in her friendship circles? Is she what is her lifestyle like? And to me I'd be looking at her lifestyle as well as everything else. Has she had a mental health assessment? Has she actually gone to speak to somebody about anxiety? Because often what people um think is they're thinking that the memory loss is the key because people want to make sure that there's no Alzheimer's or mm. dementia coming along. But often you know, low mood, a bit of anxiety. It can be really well treated with her GP. And if she mentioned it in that context, perhaps then she'd have a different outcome. I'm not sure with the scans, has she had the blood test? Yeah. Has she seen a geriatrician? You know, there are doctors who deal with patients who are over 70 and are battling with memory loss. And there are a lot of memory loss clinics. 
So I suppose a little bit more detail again. But for me, the most important thing there is the anxiety and the no real interest in things. You know, I think that needs to be explored yeah. a little bit. Okay. There's an awful lot of lifestyle medicine that's going on in Ireland and there's a new society called the Irish Society for Lifestyle Medicine and it really has a wealth of information for people who are battling sort of with things like that, that lifestyle could make a change. Okay. Um, just on, on lifestyle change and not to suggest this is the same or similar at all, but I just see another text in from a listener. Um, I'm somewhat conflicted about doing a kidney and a liver detox. On the one hand, I'm reading about all the sorts of different advantages that are out there and on the other, I read there's no point. So what does the doctor think? Well, it, it again, it depends what does the, the listener mean by kidney and liver detox. You know, kidney and liver detox often is just a new way of healthily eating, staying away from the fried foods, staying away from protein, having a low protein diet, a low carbohydrate diet, reducing salt, reducing sugar, increasing fluid. You know, those are all the sorts of things. Or do they mean taking one of those liver detoxes and a kidney detox, you know, herbal supplements? I do think with all, all of these things where people say that they want to do a detox, the best thing to do is adopt lifestyle changes. You know, lifestyle changes are absolutely key to every single aspect of health, whether it's illness or whether it is to prevent illness. It's very important to have the lifestyle changes. And it's something I'm very, very passionate about. So if if somebody doesn't have, if they're worried about a liver detox, I mean, the first thing to do is stop taking alcohol. Mm. You know, alcohol and the liver, it's very significant. The other thing to do is um, taking non-prescription over-the-counter drugs. Perhaps that would be a useful thing. Not sure this listener, are they taking a lot of paracetamol? There's many things to um, consider with the liver and a kidney detox. I mean, obviously with a kidney detox, the most important thing is water. Water, water and water. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, 87 106 is the WhatsApp number. Nora's got in touch. She says, my 15-year-old son has just had his second concussion in six months. Still symptomatic after two weeks and following return to play protocols. Any advice? Much appreciated. Is that, um, I presume it's a concussion via rugby, given the season that's in it at yeah, the moment. Well, I, assume, I, I assume, yeah, I'm assuming it has <laughs> to be a sports a, injury. I mean, yeah. two, two concussions and return to play protocols, they, they have been, they are followed by a doctor. But having said that, he's 15. I would suggest that he gets a, a, a closer assessment and perhaps go to a pediatrician about that. He might need a scan. I'm not sure. Has he had scans? It's probably not something that you could um, do over remotely over a radio program. I'm assuming, though, if you went to um, your, your GP, they, your own GP, they'll, they'll they refer, refer you on for the scans. Yeah, yeah. It depends yeah. as well who's dealing with the return to play protocol. You know, is, is his son playing in one of the Leinster developments or the Munster developments? They tend to have a doctor on board who's dealing yeah. with that. Okay. So it's difficult. Is it, you know, is it a local club rugby which is not dealing with it, doesn't have a doctor on board? Or is, it, is this child in a provincial setting? So I suppose it's to look at the depth of which the concussions have been investigated. Okay. But I don't know if that's anywhere helpful. Um, Jared has got in touch. He says, my daughter is 30 and has a mole that has turned black and crusty for some time. She isn't a bit phased about it, but I am. And a new one has appeared about five centimetres from the old one last week. Is this in need of checking? Did you say 30 or 13? 30. 30. Yes. Any mole that changes shape changes colour, becomes annoying, becomes itchy, has any scale, needs to be looked at. And I would urge her to go to the GP. And there's some lovely remote uh, 
dermatological consultations that she can have. And her GP could re- refer her to a remote um, thing called DermView, where they actually take a photo of the lesion and they send it on to the dermatologist and then they can have a biopsy or not, depending on what the dermoscopic um, sort of things are on the mm. mole. So it's very easily looked at, but definitely don't leave a changing mold. It's got a dark color, no. Yeah, it needs, needs Very to be Very important. Yeah. And it's, it's not difficult to have looked at. And it tends to be, if, you, if one re- is referred to something like DermView, it's just a photograph and it off it goes to the dermatologist and they look at it. I was going to ask you actually about the mole mapping and how yes. that works. Like, is it something that we, you know, you know c- can anybody just get mole mapping done? Or? You can, you can get mole mapping done. It, the problem here in Ireland that we have is a shortage of dermatologists and there's obviously a naturally long waiting list. And um, there is a, you know, there are people, there's a, a crowd called skincheck.ie. They're fantastic to do mole mapping, but I know that they um, have got such a waiting list that they're not taking on new people. But anybody who's at risk for, um, you know, skin disease and malignancy mm. should have mole mapping done. And people who are at risk are to people with a type 1 skin. So, you know, the, the typical Irish skin, that would be seen as type 1 with lots, lots of freckles, lots of moles. People who've got a family history of melanoma, people who have had lots of sun damage, they, and they all should have mole mapping. Okay. You know, mole mapping is a very good thing to do. And it's called, it's called a, it's a skin check that you can have done and you can have it done annually. In places in the sun, like Australia and South Africa, you have it done every year. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has their dermatologist, and they have all these little bits fixed. Yeah. Okay. So that's it's a good thing just to do in the country. It's very easy to do. You make the yeah. appointment, and it just involves a little bit of a magnifying glass, and they look at each little lesion. It's very good to do. Uh, listener here, um, what's the normal cholesterol for a 29-year-old female? I've never been told that I had any issues, but recently I had a blood test and I was told that it was too high. What can I do to prevent it from getting worse or to make it better? Uh, I feel like I'm quite young to have cholesterol issues. Um, well, it's a, there's never too young to have anything. That's the first thing. I mean, you want your cholesterol below 5.2. I'm not sure what her level was. Um, the cholesterol is a quite a tricky thing to interpret because you have your total cholesterol, you have your fat, you have your good cholesterol, and you have your bad cholesterol. So I suppose it would be important to have a look at the way that her cholesterol is uh, broken down. But as a 29-year-old, the first thing I would make sure is that she's not smoking. Smoking really elevates that cholesterol. And the other thing is all those lifestyle measures, water, stay away from the fatty foods, exercise, 30 minutes of exercise five times a week, all of the good lifestyle changes. Mm -hmm. But smoking is key. If if people don't realize that smoking affects the cholesterol, smoking affects the vasculature. So if anybody's smoking, that's what you want to stop first. Another texter, I'm going through bad withdrawal symptoms after coming off antidepressants, which had been described or prescribed for about, um, for sleep for six months ago. Since tapering down, I now can't sleep if anxiety and quite nauseous. Any advice here? Well, uh, the question I would probably ask is why did they taper down off those anti-anxiety medications and is it just a resurgence of the anxiety? Did they start it on in the first place? Perhaps back to your GP to just re- re-look at it and see do you actually need to carry on with it? Uh, 87 106 is the WhatsApp number. This texture, Siobhan, is 24. Bulging discs, is it uh, lower 4 and 5 or L4 and 5? L4. Uh, with... Um, sky- sciatica symptoms as well confirmed by an MRI injury came from the gym possible treatments apart from medication or surgery any advice I have been going to physio regularly but I still have a constant dull pain 
It's, um, well, bulging discs that are pushing onto the sciatic nerve may cause constant dull pain. The important thing to look at there, and again, it's quite difficult, what, what is the BMI of the patient? What is the BMI of the listener? Is that, is that slightly elevated? Perhaps that can help. Um, what, are, what exercises is the listener doing and what exercise program has the physio given? Because it's important to uh, note in terms of dip, bulging discs, it tends to be a thing that comes with the core. So if the core is not strong, the discs tend to bulge a little further. I presume the listener has been and doesn't need any surgery or any type of intervention. But if mm. if not, the physio program is important, but it's important to work on the core. And reformer pilates can help a lot okay. with the machine within. And one-on-one reformer pilates, if the, if the listener is in a position to do that, would be helpful. Another text in, I'm getting a lot of wax buildup in my ear. Is there anything I can use rather than having to go and get it syringed? Well, um, you get warmed olive oil and put 10 drops of warmed olive oil into the ear every every week, every Sunday night. That tends to help because it actually breaks down earwax. Just olive your oil normal itself, olive oil. The normal good quality olive oil. It has to be the good quality oil, olive oil. And if you just warm it up slightly and put a few drops into the air, obviously make sure it's not too hot and then yeah. it breaks down the wax. It's actually what's called keratolytic, which breaks down the keratin in the wax. Um, when you say warm it up, just warm it up in, in a cooker. little bowl. No, 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 not in a cooker. Um, what you do is put it in a little in a little bottle and stick it in some warmed water. Okay, right. And cook it, might warm it up. Yes. Fry it off. <laughs> no, I think it's important to just do it gently. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dee is wondering. My seven-year-old son has a lot of flatulence. Should I be worried? I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. It's difficult to know when when they say what is a lot of flatulence. Is it the the sound? Is it uh, is it very smelly? Is he eating different things? I I don't think there's any need to be worried if he's gaining weight and thriving mm. in every other way. I wouldn't think there's any reason to be worried. One final one here for the moment, Siobhan. Um, I have a chronic cough which has been with me for over a year. The steroids clear it for a few weeks. It comes back. I've had four or five courses of steroids. I'm now on steroids and antibiotics. I've had three blood tests, at least three x-rays. Everything comes back normal. Can I trust the tests? I'm worried I could have lung cancer and I'm waiting for an appointment with a specialist. Well, the, the the short answer is yes, you can trust tests. You know, chest x-rays are pretty good at picking up things. Uh, blood tests, a bit difficult to pick up lung, lung cancer through a blood test, to be honest. However, waiting for a specialist, the specialist is going to do a lung function test. They're going to look at the chest x-ray again, look at the images themselves. And if necessary, they will do a CT scan and that that, that will answer all of those questions. But in general, yes, you can, you can trust a chest x-ray. Yeah, simple as that. This listener says, I'm from Waxford and Boots offer a mole scanning service as well. I had one checked recently on Friday that the results back on Monday morning. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see who is doing the the mole mapping. Is it a dermatologist? Is it somebody qualified in dermoscopy? Or is it um, a digital? Yeah, um, digitised service I don't as well. Know. I yeah. don't know anything about the Boots service. Siobhan, it's been great to have you in. Thanks very much for, uh, for today's Ask the GP. That is Dr Siobhan Chidley. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.